All right. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. All right, welcome to the podcast, bingewatchpodcast.com. Um, and then uh, you can hit us on the Twitter thing at uh, bingewatchpc. Um, and what is your handle? What's your handle on Twitter? Uh, Paul at uh, Paul underscore BWPC. A Bearded Wonder Podcast? I think so. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Uh, yeah, Twitter uh, may not be that much more used to us, <laughs> apparently. I, I know. I saw that, dude. They're, they're bleeding like crazy, and then they shut down Vine. Did you see that? Yep. Yep, uh, that's uh, one of the links in our uh, in the news notes that I have on the uh, Google Doc is that uh, that's Twitter is shutting down Vine app. Social media stars react and they freak out. Uh, Vine is very uh, famous for uh, six second little clips. Yep, and it launched quite a few uh, social media careers. People making a ton of money, and they're shutting it down. As uh, stuff that Brian has talked about on this podcast in the past uh, is like, what good is Twitter really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows? It's just some we're, schizophrenic we're, thing. We're we're throwing things out into the ether, <laughs> and does anybody read it? But bots? Who knows? I'm terrible on this uh, Google Doc thing. I see the show notes from last time. Where do I get? Yeah. It's- it should be. Uh, you should see if you go to the very top of it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It should say. Um, it should say like ten twenty seven, and then it has all the news and stuff like that. I just oh, scrolled okay. it. I found that it was the so ten nineteen yeah, was what I was seeing. Yeah. So everything's at the top. Awesome. Yeah. So the the they can't find a way to make money, and. Nope. Like I, my whole I, I like it for some things, but my whole ex- Twitter experience has been so schizophrenic. It there's so much coming at you it's so fast. I get I, I do think for if I'm Beyonce, I'm Beyonce. Um, that it's <laughs> I know, a I, I I know you are. <laughs> it's a really fast way to talk to your fans and stuff. But it, me as an end user, I still have a tough time keeping up with the shit that i want to keep up with on there it's so. it's a clusterfuck basically that's the way i look at it it's um it it was interesting the when we first started testing it out but it's basically a circle jerk of people tweeting stuff that are trying to promote to other people trying right. to promote stuff <laughs> you know it doesn't make any sense really i mean so i wonder oh, this is gonna leave a huge gaping hole in all this stuff like snapchat really doesn't do any of that um, the article yeah. I read was talking about all the stuff that has, in terms of the the schizophrenic users, have moved to Snapchat, um, yeah. and, and they've moved to uh, the Instagram and Tumblr and all that. So they've kind of moved away from it, and it is just this big churning machine of how many people are real on there, and it's like it may be all bots. It's just me and you on there. Uh, and uh, sometimes I'm not sure if I'm not a bot myself. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things that I, I think it's we're in a period of consolidation with this kind of stuff and i think twitter is going to go away i don't think anybody wants to buy it they don't have any real game plan would you see where uh salesforce said they wanted to buy it and immediately salesforce's stock started tanking yeah yeah because it is it is 
it is poison. Yeah. <laughs> it is serious poison. And um, uh, there's a link on there on the show notes. Uh, Twitter is said to plan hundreds more job cuts as soon as the, the week that I uh, found this. I think this was last week, in the middle of last week. Um, they may try, try to eliminate about 300 people. Wow. And um, so, yeah, so Salesforce has a little program that's internal to Salesforce called Chatter. I think they've yeah. had an impossible time getting that thing to work and getting any adoption. So I thought yeah. I think their thought process was would they just buy Twitter and somehow integrate that in. Now I know I feel like in Europe a lot of companies now don't have internal email um, or anything like that. They have these like internal versions of Facebook or yeah. something like that. Um, so a, that it, sounds it, interesting. It, it's 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 all it's. Um, have you used Slack at all? No, but I have before. Yeah, <laughs> the um, the we use Slack at work, and uh, we're using just the uh, like the freemium version of it, where it's uh, it's gimped down a little bit, but it's still useful. Surprisingly effective, but if you're not paying to use it, after a certain amount of messages, like ten thousand messages, it's all lost in the ether, and it's also really hard to track. It's wow. really good just to sort of tag team members and stuff like that. You know, you, you can make channels and hit up people and have little discussions. But it's it's good for, like, giving people a heads up. But as far as, like, unless there's some sort of, in the full paid version, like an API hook to where you could tie it into, like, um, like database or project development software... I don't really see really how useful it is unless you have like a Slack management team. That that's Dude, I totally have a Slack management team. I know you do. <laughs> so <laughs> we do. use Link at work, which is like Microsoft's office version of Skype, you know, because they own Skype now. Sausage Link? Yeah, Sausage Link. And um, it's a kind of a crap, it's a crap, crappy thing. So it would yeah. be interesting to see what comes up. I mean, it's going to leave a gaping hole. You're going to have like 500 startups trying to replace Twitter. I think they fucked up. My my, I've always thought that the 144 character thing was a fuck up. Like it was good to get it up and running, but you yeah. needed to be actually able to communicate on there instead of like just tweets. Like okay, Twitter should have kept the tweet function, but you should have had. I mean, that's what's made. In the last four or five years, uh, Facebook's so stable because you can post pictures, you can however many you want, you can post articles, you can link to stuff, you can write diatribes if you want, um, and all of the advertising's wrapped around all that. And I, I get that they don't want to reinvent Facebook, but at some point, like what what's the utility at the end of the day of this 144 character crap? Yeah, and how do you manage it, and how do you? Um, it, it to me, it seems like it's too easy to game the system, and it's it seems like it should be a subset tool of Facebook or something like that. Yeah, it seems you like know, it just to be a part of something. Yeah, and I I think either I don't know if anybody will actually buy it. I think it's going to end up dying. I think so too. I think the only thing that saves it is if Google or Facebook, you know, one of these infinite money companies comes in and just yeah. 
keeps it for what it is and then finds a way over time to, to integrate it within their, their the systems they already have. Like if you think about, um, you know, Facebook owns Instagram, but Instagram is standalone and yeah. they have added all the direct messaging functionalities, the group text in there. So they've basically said, okay, if you want an app that's not this family and friends talking about Trump thing and you just really want to fo- focus on the pictures that you take, right? Um, all yeah. that functionality is there. You don't lose anything by going over there. And I think Tumblr is the same way now, but Tumblr seems to be where the... Uh, um, it's like it's like this Tumblr's caught in this war between feminists and those uh, uh, men's rights groups, <laughs> and that's all <laughs> Tumblr's used for now. But yeah, and isn't Tumblr owned by Yahoo? Uh, that you may be right. I've I logged onto it one time, and it was this mixture of like bondage porn and news articles, and I was like, I don't I don't feel like Tumblr's my thing, man. Well, it just goes based off of your uh, off your likes, man. <laughs> my browsing history. <laughs> Yeah, the um, I was like, "What's all this news thing? doing on here?" Yeah, <laughs> I know it's just a it's a it's a it's a cornucopia. <laughs> the uh, the interesting thing about Twitter is that I think the only thing that can really save them it seems like they're dying a slow death, like y- Yahoo is, and if they just said, "Okay, fuck this, we're going to go open source, we're going to go completely open up." everything to our our uh, make an api that opens up the inner workings of the beast go for it sourceforge.net go for it <laughs> you know that type of thing and then maybe then you could see something interesting happen then where it ends up living on with api hooks into everything yeah but i don't none of that open source stuff has been successful I don't. I don't know that that's a way to go. I like. Lin- I, I Linux, love the sound Linux, of it. Linux is successful. Yeah, if you want to run on Apache servers with your nerd friends, but I mean, I wh- who like who's sitting at the house like, hey, well, I'm gonna, I don't even know anybody uses Linux. My brother. <laughs> your brother. That, that's the nerd and, friends. Uh, and and a ton of studios in the graphics industry. I mean, it does have a. It has. It. it you're right. It does have sort of. It's a, too it niche. Sort of has. It is a little bit niche, it, it, but it does have a lot of people in the tech industry that are behind it because you know its roots are all ba- all the way back to you know offshoots of uh, Unix, much like Macintosh. So why not just if it's going to with something like Twitter, it was a neat idea, and I would rather see it um, just throw itself up on the public open source market and see what people make of it. Yeah, we'll we'll see, man. I I just think you're going to have so many. There's probably already so many apps in development now. Like Snapchat came out of nowhere. That was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard of, and now everybody Snapchats except for me. Thank goodness. Yeah, Um, yeah. (laughs) But Snapchat is huge, and they've apparently found some way to make money. I don't know how the fuck they do it. Well, and I I listened to there's a uh, podcast. it escapes me right now. I'll take a look at my phone real quick. It talks about uh, it's on NPR and it talks about um, how people build build their business. And they did a. Uh, uh, let me take a look real quick. Yep. Then we got to move uh, on to some other stuff. Yeah. Right. 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 I know. Always with other stuff with you. I know. 
We're 11 Always. minutes in. We're still talking about how awesome it is Twitter's dying. Hey, man. that's a, It's called uh, How I Built This on NPR. Mm-hmm. And they talked to the guys that uh, the uh, one of the, the founders of Snapchat. And he said that the they were failing very hard until they came up uh, with the idea of filters for images. And that their hook was selfies and images and things like that and then that's what made them take off yeah that they were doing something that nobody else was really focusing on and so, or doing well so i think you have 500 different apps battle it out over who's going to be the next twitter hey i yep. saw here on the the one thing i did think was thought was interesting was this zero hedge article um my uh, paranoid friends over at zero hedge um, <laughs> the where ESPN is the subscribers are going down. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's uh, what what does it say here? Uh, Six hundred twenty-one thousand subscribers in one month. Yeah, yeah, and that's an ESPN is owned by uh, Disney. Yeah. So th- there is a uh, you're you're seeing the same. Um, We've talked a lot on this podcast about uh, cord cutters, and you're seeing a collapse in the uh, idea because they pushed ESPN. It's like every package, do you want 50 channels of baseball? <laughs> it's like, no, I don't want any channels of baseball. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's starting to collapse because people want to do a la carte choice and things like that. So uh, I think that's starting to die for them. Yep. And if you get a chance uh, down at the news, uh, there's a lot of it's not exactly news. Um, there was a the Taliban used a drone to capture footage of a suicide bomb attack on a uh, installation in the Middle East. And yeah, you just clicked on it, and it is very impressive. And it is some. It looks like something out of a movie. It is. Uh, oh yeah, those guys got good producers. Um, yeah, I un- I understand that this is a content warning and this is nuts. I can already tell. So it looks like the thing that they're going to blow up here has already been blown up a bunch of times. Uh, yeah, so they're uh, they're uh, just taking and you and if you want you can skip ahead, uh, but it's interesting to see. It's interesting to see the truck winding its way to the target and you're like how do you not see it coming how do you not see it coming how do you here it comes yeah i'm watching it now what's this installation it's driving up to um i don't know it's i feel like they should have a gate further away than right there beside all their shit like uh, out by the road (laughs) that's where your gate should be yeah oh and he just ran through the fence and something's gonna blow up he's gonna blow up this is ridiculous Wow, that's quite an explosion. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, it is a no bullshit explosion. That's that's the thing is that he's like, okay, I'm coming in. Hey, what's going on, Phyllis? Oh, oh, I just I just catching up to it, and I'm assuming this is in Afghanistan. I'm I'm sure it is right, just somewhere deep in Nawa District, wherever that is. Afghanistan is such a huge fucking place. It says at the top a police headquarter in Helmand Province, and I think that's in Iraq. 
This the one you know, it says Nawa District, Helmand Province, but it's Taliban, so it's got to be Afghanistan. Yeah, because uh, look at the top of what I'm I'm broadcasting right here. It says suicide bomb attack on police headquarters in Helmand Prov Helmand, and that's Helmand Province. So, you know, that's where they make mayonnaise, right? Yeah, I love it, man. Little little tang of lemon. Mmm. And bomb. <laughs> Interesting. So but I man, feel that like was a, um, that was a crazy explosion. Yeah, no, that was crazy. So I feel like we could do an hour each on Westworld and Walking Dead. So you just want to jump in there because we haven't talked about Walking Dead since it came back. Like, so you want to do Westworld uh, or Walking Dead first? Uh, let's do uh, Walking Dead. Okay. Um. Walking Dead. So yeah, so I feel like I've. It's actually interesting now. That's been a week and a half since the premiere. I've had a lot of time to process. And I've read a ton of articles on it. The there's a couple of takeaways. Number one, I felt like probably the most intense hour of TV that's ever been put out there. Um, definitely is probably as visceral I think as you can get. So yeah. you know the response to that is what the fuck did I don't not not that hey it's a zombie movie blah 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 or TV show what did the, what did people think was going to happen because the the season cliffhanger was he's going to beat somebody to death with a bat and so yeah. then then they all tune in and see not one but two people get beat to death with a bat to death and then it's like oh my god this is uh, torture porn I've read so many articles the last week and a half yeah. on tor- torture porn and I. I, I get the gist of what they're saying, but at the end of the day, what the fuck were you expecting? Well, and I, I think it's, and I, I've read the same kind of comments you're talking about, and I just, I'm, I'm just very perplexed at what people's expectations are. Is that, is that damn them if they don't, if they, you know, don't make a choice and go this route and damn them if they do it. And the only thing I can think is that is because one of them was like one of the favorite characters of all time on this series. Yeah, for sure. There's that. And, and I think everybody felt like they got off the hook when Abraham got caught, got his licks. Yeah. Yeah. And he sucked my nuts. (laughs) Did you see the little uh, peace sign that he flashes chick? The girl that he's dating at the time. If if, yeah. you, if you haven't, did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, that's what that's been his little code to her is peace and stuff. Um, yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, and I mean, I was as surprised as anybody that Glenn got it too. I was not surprised uh, that Abraham got it because I, yeah. I I I sort of figured that that was the way it was going to go. Um, I was a little surprised because with Glenn because I thought that there was a chance that it would be more Michonne well I thought it would be Abraham or Michonne given the uh, in terms of who got killed first because yeah. it's least I, impactful I'm, to the show I wasn't surprised that two people got killed um, I I liked the way that, that they laid it out that Negan was absolutely trying to get his message across and that if if 
if you if you put it down to brass tacks, if you want to blame anybody for uh, for Glenn getting killed, Darryl. you can blame Daryl. <laughs> because and Daryl, it's you can effectively, except for little stuff. I think you can write him off for the rest of the season because they they're going to take him off somewhere, and if the group misbehaves, then little pieces are going to come back right. of Daryl. So you, we may end up, or they may use it where they, they have like a little another story arc where maybe Daryl gets away or something like that. I was really surprised that they used that Negan did kill him too. But if they would have killed Daryl, there would have been a mass <laughs> exodus yeah. from the show. Yeah, the, the, that would have been even worse than Glenn getting it. And and yeah. uh, so. You know the people that were horrified. I guess I guess there's a, a big chunk of the audience that is unaware of what's going to happen in the comics. Is unaware that this all all you know most of this stuff is kind of spelled out. And yeah. I again the the outro for last season the cliffhanger was you saw from a P, the you know a POV uh, someone get beat to death with a bat and. Then that's how that's what happened in the show. So how can you come back and then say like, oh my god, this is just torture porn, and look at what you're doing to us, and you're just leading well, us on that you're manipulating your audience, and that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Every TV show or movie you've ever done is strictly about manipulating the audience, just because well, you did, fell for it this time. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, the whole idea is that is that people are not have sort of maybe forgotten what the setting of this universe is is that this is post apocalypse and at this point the zombies are more just like a very dangerous obstacle and that everybody that dies if they don't have a bullet through or a spike through the brain they're going to be a zombie right that's the way it is so it's basically humanity has been reset to strongman rules and Negan is a strongman. And if you go over and look at any world news site about what's happening in Africa, in the Middle East, in any place that where those rules still apply, I mean, they're still fighting motherfuckers with machetes and chopping <laughs> each other up over the over in Africa. So with and kids are doing it, right? Because they recruit kids to do it because they're. They will take direction, and they don't have that strong sense of right and wrong, but they have a sense of doing what they're told. And that there's a reward structure for doing what you're told, and they will get some machetes, some blunt-ass machetes from Costco, and hack a motherfucker up, and that's the world. And that's what they showed us with Negan. That is the world yep. that they're living in right now. And people are like, oh! <gasps> Oh my God! I can't believe it. Yeah, that's the way shit goes down. If 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 shit goes down, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be bad. So yeah. I, I I and what what I do think though, and I I feel like the showrunners are smart enough. They now you've done it. You had you were forced into and this had to be episode one, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your your hand was played. You had to do this episode one, and now I think. They're going to take us on an emotional journey for four or five episodes before anything really, you know, crazy happens and, and build the, uh, again, manipulate the audience back into kind of a cell, uh, you know, a, a safe zone 
and then something else is going to happen because that's again that's what this world is it's a dog eat dog world and they're all wearing milk bone underwear (laughs) that is there's a quote and i've heard it before but brian brought it back in cheers Uh, that's stuff of cheers well, but see, and that's the thing is that you have to do that. Whether you're talking about the classic three act structure in movies, you or even in, in TV, is that you can't keep everything at a ten all the time. Is you have to bring the audience down yep. and vary it up because then you have to that lets allows you to ratchet the the tension back up. And um, I with this next episode. I was like, oh, they brought in the B team <laughs> a little bit. Well, they <laughs> had to explain what's going on there, but um, I, I, yeah. I am, and I hope it felt like a little bit of a, a lull, a necessary lull, and it felt also like they need to, they got to build Carol back up, right? Because she was the awesome part of last season up until the last couple of episodes, and I feel like they got to slowly build her back up, and it would be nice, it, it would be fulfilling i should say if she ends up being kind of the hero of this season because i feel yeah. like rick is a shattered soul of a man after that that first episode i feel like he he's he you know he's gonna chop his kid's arm off to keep them all alive and i feel like at that point maybe he is broken and it may take him a while to get back into that hardcore all right, let's go get him mode well and that that was the whole point of the episode is that that was the whole reason that negan kept on taking it up a notch is because he didn't like that look in Rick's eye. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And it's, and I loved the way back to the first episode. I loved the way that they kept on turning it around that you didn't know what to expect is like they, it, when he was in the RV, uh, Negan was taking him out on the little uh, joyride <laughs> and they showed little flashes of Rick seeing all everybody getting hit with a bat. And you don't know, oh, is that what really happened? Because before Negan got into the van, uh, the RV and closed the door, he said, there's, you know, he made an allusion to there's going to be more. So you don't know if he's talking about, is Rick going to be the only motherfucker left? It's like, I'm going to kill everyone in your life. And you're going to have to listen to me. Oh, how the fans would have complained then. Oh, my God. It would have been. <laughs> Tune in to been, next week to the Rick show. <laughs> yeah, the, the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, but I thought it was the first episode. Second episode, I, I, you know, you have to sort of take it down. And it's like, okay, we got Ezekiel. We got we have a tiger. Okay, that's fine. Um and that's very true to the comic book, from what I understand. I haven't read the comic book. I, I, I think so. I, I went on, and, and uh, the, one of the articles I read was doing a, a kind of a shot-for-shot, shot, the the last couple of episodes versus the comic books, and there's a lot of like shot-for-shot yeah. shot stuff in there. Yeah. But I think, for me, the, uh, the first episode back just delivered. It delivered exactly... I was hoping that they was not going to pull any punches because they promised that Negan was going to fuck some shit up, right. and he most definitely fucked some shit up. <laughs> yeah, no, I it, dude, it was visceral. I was so tense the whole the whole episode, and then yeah. when when uh, yeah, and I had I actually watched it on Monday, 
No, I watched it late Sunday night, I guess, because I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go ahead and watch it because the first thing I'm going to do is go to work and somebody's going to tell me. Um, so I was super, super tense. And then when the whole, uh, the second head caving in began, I was like, holy shit. And then I, f- I felt like that was a, a really, it really struck me as bizarre how gory and emotional that one moment was with dude. Well, I'll find you Maggie or whatever he, whatever he said, you know? Yeah. What a, what a great way to send a beloved character off is that he is, he, he just got his, he just got his shit fucked up. And all he is thinking about is the love of his life in the post apocalypse. Yep. That he will find her. And that was a perfect way to send that character off. Cause he is one of the original guys. I watched the, um, the talking dead after that. And, um, they did this big montage with both for him and for Abraham. Um, and it was, it was amazing to see how much he grew up on that show. Yeah. He's the, the, I saw some of the flashback stuff. I didn't watch talking dead yet. I just haven't had a chance to get around. I normally don't watch it, but I am going to watch that one. Watch it for the first, the one after the first episode. Yeah. I generally have sort of spaced out on the rest of them. It was really good. Towards the end of it, I was like, okay, stop jacking each other off. But <laughs> at, but when they did the tribute to Glenn, I was like, oh, my God. He was a, like a baby. <laughs> yeah, he looked really, really young. And, I mean, it has been like eight years, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so grown up. Yeah. Um, there's a clip out there. Um, I meant to put it in the show notes. Um, he, uh, Stephen Young, uh, character, uh, the actor who plays Glenn, um, cause he has an improv background and he was on Conan O'Brien and he is a, just a natural comedian. He is hilarious. And they showed some on the talking dead. They showed some behind the scenes when they had the makeup with his eye popped up, right. popped out. And he's, he got up to the camera and he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'll meet you in the yard. I'll meet you in the octagon. I'll meet you at my mom's house. <laughs> and it, it was hilarious. And it, he does, he does some bits with on Conan O'Brien, uh, when he go he, that he's talking about having to go, uh, get a colonoscopy. And uh, one of the techs recognizes him from The Walking Dead. Seriously, it is, it is comedy gold. I'll see here in a second. I'll see. I'll, I'll I'll shoot you the link so you can watch it. It is. I watched it maybe about fifty times because just the way he, he has great comedic timing, it was super fucking funny. And I, I laughed until I had tears squirting out of my eyes. Uh, let's see, uh, Conan. Stephen Yun, Yun, Yun. Um, there we go. Okay, here it is. Here, here it is. I'll paste it over, and paste it over for you. And I'll put it in the show notes as well, so it's out there. Just put it in the Skype chat. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give it a a go later on. Um. So it's going to be like, again, I have purposely not read the comics um, because I do not want, because I, I want, like, obviously it's been so much out there and everything. Oh, Glenn dies. Negan kills Glenn in the comic book and blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, I want these things to be a surprise. 
Um, so I, I can't wait to see where the season goes. Cause I, I also feel like too, that the darkness is not over. Yeah. And that's the thing is that like we was talking about with the, uh, the episode two, um, I don't, I don't know if just cause I, cause I work in the, in, in the entertainment industry and I, because I I would looked at this episode two and it looked like the B team rolled out, and I know that they had to take it down, but it um, Carol didn't seem as compelling to me. Well, she's got to be built back up to badass Carol. But this this episode was not badass Carol. No, but it it was so contrived. I mean, how over the top that she was being smarmy with Ezekiel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was so over the top, and I was like. Man, you are not fool. You are not fooling anybody. <laughs> it, it was a little bit. It was a little bit. It seemed like, uh, like the B team stepped in when the A team last week just knocked it out of the park. You know, it, to me that that was my impression of it. Yeah, it's definitely a, a, diff- a different tone. So we'll see. Uh how they can go. I mean, they're going to have, they are going to have to, um, I think I, I, I feel like the next several episodes, they're going to have some action in it, but it's, it's not going to be any, it's going to be a building, building, building thing. Yeah. I just put that link out in the show notes when you tie it into the, uh, when you upload the podcast, uh, the Glenn, Stephen Yoon on Conan, colonoscopy <laughs> and it's it's a three minute segment and i watched it maybe about 50 times it's hilarious comedic timing and every time it's somebody that gets conan o'brien laughing to me that's conan that's comedy gold right there and if you, you may not be able to hear it but uh uh the the people i'm staying with down here in austin they're Cup Sox fans, oh. and uh, the Cubbies are in Game Seven right now, and uh, I, I, it sounds like they're doing well. I've seen the whole, <laughs> I've seen the whole range of emotion from uh, the uh, the uh, it's a uh, a fiance couple, and she the 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 woman is from Chicago, and she's a diehard Cubbies fan. That's funny. And so I've seen the whole range of emotion this week. <laughs> Well, hell yeah. Yeah. So uh, what do you want to talk about next? You want to hit Westworld and we wrap it? Yeah, we're getting close to 40 minutes in. Um, and so I got I am flying out to San Francisco in the morning. So if I'm going to get right. the podcast up, I need to, to get that um, get that rolling, get it up and saved. Uh, so we'll make it about an hour show. We're 35 minutes in. That's perfect. Uh, there is, uh, this, uh, last episode, um, on this, let me see. Uh, there was, uh, put a few, uh, links in. There is all things goodness I get from Reddit. Um, there is a Westworld, uh, link and this episode, there's a lot of talk going online about multiple timelines and Ron talked about it. And there's, I think a that lot was of, pretty much confirmed this episode, right? Maybe, maybe. And that's the thing I like about the show is that, is that I think that they're, 
they're going to play the idea out as long as possible, whether it's either for or against. And there was a there was a link about on Imager, and I put it in the links. That it said the best evidence against two against the two timeline theory, and it's when uh, Ed Harris's character, the Man in Black, is uh, um, <laughs> talking to that guy that they pulled down. He cut down off the tree. Lawrence. And, yeah, Lawrence. Uh, and he uh, IV'd another host's blood into him <laughs> to revive him and and he says he says it's not my fault you're suffering when this place started i opened one of you up once a million little perfect pieces and then they changed you and basically because they changed them into being like more human than human, little yeah, nine-inch nail yeah, action. The, the only their, I guess their nervous system and their brain is still robotic, but their body is now flesh. Yeah, yeah. So it it, it harkens back to. Um, I don't see how that's to, a, to against like, it, to like as to like Asimov and things like that, to where the wetware is still the thing. Yeah, I I, I don't see how that's an argument against that though. Well, and it's 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 because I felt like he's reinforcing that because he's obviously saying now, like I have been coming here for a super long time. Um, but yeah, but I'm no, on vacation. He tells that one guy that's not doing what he wants. He's like, "Come on, man, I'm on vacation." Yeah, <laughs> but you don't know who he is. So are are we saying that he's the guy? That's uh, the guy when they show. The guy we've talked about who, from um, who's from um, that one show with the dude. The, the, yeah, the one show with the dude the, who picks the white hat and the other guy picks the dark hat. Yep. Are we saying that Ed Harris is the dark hat? I feel like he's the good guy who's going bad. Like that would be the one. Like he. Oh, would so be... that's his, that's his character arc that he's he's going. He's like, man, I can't believe all this, and then. He's trying to solve it, and he ends up turning bad over yep. Yep. the course of 30 years. Because you remember back to episode one when he sees What's-Her-Nuts at the at the farm, the family farm, and he drags her into the barn? Oh. It, Dolores, yeah. Yeah, he says something to the effect of like, oh, it's been – he's talking to her like, we. I've been visiting you for 30 years and blah, blah, blah. Don't you remember me? Now, the, in my mind, this is the one thing – that that I, that's for me flying in the face of of the the white hat guy being in the old days because yeah. the robot that he's with is the most self aware and is the one that's talking to Arnold in her dreams. Yes. So, but the my the only thing I could say against that is if that is thirty years ago. And the robots were not that advanced. Is that in his timeline that Ed Harris, where he's at now, Dolores is exactly the same. Right. Right. When he was much younger, when he was the white hat, and he was, I think she's alive. You know, when he has this realization that he doesn't really want to be here, and they reveal in this last episode that the guy, uh, his friend in the black hat is interested in trying to buy out the Westworld Corporation 
because because they're they're hemorrhaging money and stuff like that. But she looks exactly the same, so I have a hard time believing that that she is in both timelines exactly the same. You know what I mean? Is that she seems like she's well, she's a robot, but she's she's too perfected, and she's the oldest host. I get that, but they've been playing this mind game of that the oldest, the older hosts are like that guy that uh, Anthony Hopkins goes down into the cold room, cold storage, and is sitting there, let's have a drink to the woman in the white shoes, you know, and he doesn't, you know, it's like... But I think he's uh, the old robot. He's the actual mechanical robot, not a flesh robot. Yeah. And then they're newer ones. So I don't know. I mean, I think they're leaving breadcrumbs all over the place, but it is going to be... these time, these we'll call them timelines or call them story arcs or whatever are super diverse, so they yeah. can't actually it can't actually be going on at the same time. Yeah, um, there, there, there's got to be it's in different times, either either a long period apart or a short period apart or something like that. Um, but it, I, I I'm hooked, dude. I love it. I love this show. But so here's yeah. what I wanted wanted what like my takeaway from last episode was so the scene with um anthony hopkins and the manager person that's out on the veranda um, yeah. where he stops yeah, the time. one he's yeah the one he's uh where uh the the uh the waiter is just serving one on. he just keeps on pouring <laughs> so i my, my takeaway from that scene was while anthony hopkins is so out acting that lady in terms of like his subtlety where he's going. I mean, he's, I mean, the dude's just a monster actor and with so little words and facial expression, he communicates so much and she's just kind of a good actress. Right. But then at that scene at the end where it's Ed Harris, I feel like in Anthony Hopkins that they are both great actors. And that's that scene like this is like, I watched it twice it's yeah. real masterful in terms of the acting and the subtleties and all the subtones and everything that's going on in there that's not being verbalized. Um, I just thought it, well, I'm blown away by the 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 acting on this show. Um, every episode where this could be just run out and shoot things and blow stuff up and show them having a good time. There's actually really well crafted dialogue and fantastic acting going on at the same time. Well, and I really, uh, I really like that uh, that uh, interchange, that scenes, uh, the scenes between Hopkins and uh, Harris, just because um, it was a power play. Is that Ed Harris has been his character has been coming there for thirty years, and he has the run of things because he is apparently so wealthy that he can do whatever he wants and he has his own custom storyline they just let him do whatever he wants but anthony hopkins steps in and basically says no you can't unless i say so right and the way that one host defended him when ed harris pulled out that bowie knife and that host was immediately on it and anthony hopkins was like you don't see any sweat on me, brother. 
Yeah. Because, you know, he could bring, you get the feeling that it's that omnipotent feeling that Anthony Hopkins could bring everybody down on whatever and like smite the hand of judgment. Boom. <laughs> you know, it is, he's not worried at all. He's yeah. not at all. The episode totally was about him. Cause I, I, I the, the first two episodes, they're kind of portraying him as kind of a little bit of the daughter, doddering old fool, you know. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, and then but this I think the that episode was a, a little was, bit of a, a little bit of a ruse. I think he's, I think he's allowing people to think that, and he's humoring people, and it's like, oh, this guy, yeah. and but he's got this, he's got, he's got things going on. Yeah, so uh, the, uh, this episode was about him bringing the hammer down and really showing what his character is about. So after, I think I think we're, we're, what we're really watching here is a complicated ballet of him still wrestling with his brother. Because I feel like maybe his brother didn't really commit suicide. He's uploaded himself into their computer software, and he's sort of there. And I think maybe Anthony Hopkins still knows that. And I think these brothers are still dueling, having the same duel that they had going on 35, 40 years ago. It's just being yeah. played out between the hosts and the guests and, and the, uh, the corporate guys. But the overarching deal is these two brothers that are going to have to have some kind of battle royale thing going on. And I'm interested to see how they, how they do that. Cause like, there was that quick thing when she was dreaming um, and she was in that haze all of a sudden. And she said, I didn't tell him. And then it quickly went, went to another scene. And I guess yeah. that's Arnold inside of this software that runs all these dudes. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really interesting idea. It's uh it it definitely has sort of hooks back to the whole uh, uh, very old school Bible <laughs> type of type of it's uh, it's you know brothers fighting brothers and that there's a creator and there's somebody dies and then somebody else has to pay for it but the somebody who dies. You know, at what point, you know, they're creating these robots, these hosts, and they're first, they're robots. They're like, you know, we talked about the real dolls and stuff like that. But then, how far do you refine something and how far do you iterate on, on, sounds like a home AI? run. Yeah. Yes, it was. I think it was. <laughs> that was a home run. Cubby, go Cubbies. <laughs> uh, how far do you iterate on artificial intelligence to where we're so far past the Turing test that it's like, I don't even know anymore. Right. And then you see that with the, 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 uh, the character in the white hat is that he is totally smitten with Dolores and Dolores unbeknownst to him is he thinks she's a host. That's very interesting. And he has feelings for, and she is, she's often, her own little world, which is really interesting. You know, I mean, I think the show, the show comes back to, cause we talk about binge watching on this to where we have a whole bunch of episodes that we can just dig through, especially you, you're like the king of that. But this is, I would like, watch this all in I, one night. I, I think I look forward every week to 
the next Sunday when I can watch The Walking Dead, or I can watch Westworld, and we can talk about it. And it gets back to the to- when it you, the way it used to be when we couldn't binge watch stuff. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, if Westworld was all available to me, like all 10 episodes or whatever, they're gonna, I would probably just stay up really late one night and watch them all <laughs> in, I <know>. in a <laughs> row. I know you would. But see, I think that there's still an appetite with the whole idea of binge watching, which is great, but there's still an appetite for that 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 cliffhanger, that tantalizing man, I cannot wait for next week because I've been doing that. I've been waiting for they teased up, you know, season seven of The Walking Dead. And Westworld, every week, I'm like, man, I am ready for Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Smashing trucks. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying, but I, I'm kind of so out of that world that, that you know, most shows, I want them all available to me, and I watch one here, two there, three there, and yeah. I, I just like being able to do it at my own pace. And um, it'll be interesting to see, and I don't know how they would do it, um, with is Amazon and Netflix? Well, I mean Netflix—that's their thing now. Drop them all and move on. Drop the next one and move on. Yeah. That if that doesn't become such a thing that the other, you know, media's TV or whatever the me- different mediums have to somehow account to that. Um, yeah. When Netflix uh, is is dropping, let's say, a season of a show like every three months. I mean, how yeah. do they keep up and how they, you know, with that content continues to build and, and AMC could have five great shows, but it takes you 22 weeks, you know, out of the year to watch them all. Um, if that doesn't still bleed eyeballs over to Netflix as opposed to yeah. regular TV. I, I think, I, th- I think that's the thing I like about HBO is that they, they have tentpole programs Game of Thrones, um, True, True Detective. Um, you think about any of these things that they're showing. Uh, I mean, Westworld. I mean, we talked about it before it came out, and we was like, man, I hope they do a good job with Westworld. And they have knocked it. They spend the money, and they have knocked it out of the park so far. No, I agree. It's I'm in, I'm I'm hooked, man. There's no way. I hope this is a an amazing five seasons of this show. I'm yeah, because they 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 said you know they committed four to five seasons. So, and I'm trying to I'm sitting here and I watched this last episode because this is what this is episode five of what of Westworld uh, four I think right four I think that is episode five. Contra Paso. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I don't so, want to get too far down the road, and let's just make sure we we talk about. I really want to talk about Thandi uh, Newton's character. I don't want to leave her out. Oh, okay. Yeah. What were you gonna say? I'm sorry. Uh, which uh, uh, which character? Thandi Newton, the saloon girl. Oh, the uh, the one that's pulls the bullet out <laughs> yeah well and she's totally self-aware now yeah i mean she's so, been killing herself repeatedly again and again and again so she can go keep going back there and now she's awake inside their facility for the yeah. second time and, and i think that's the interesting thing is that they're i think 
this is that whole level thing we're talking about is that are every is everybody in this the caretakers are they all robots as well i mean because it's it's a really interesting idea because they introduced the idea that that um that they went out and searched for that uh, that host that went walkabout and got trapped in the ravine and he smashed his own head in. He had a wireless transmitter in right. his arm that was was sending data out about Westworld. And then we had the in this episode as well talking about that there's companies outside that are trying to buy this company out that runs this entertainment the six flags basically so you know there's this whole other universe of stuff going on besides the story that it's just a theme park it is a very super hyper real theme park that is actual money is being invested to money is going out of and then you have all these little stories going on beneath it and then somebody inside is trying to get information out, and you got these guys that are called butchers that fix all these guys, and one of these guys is trying to fix a bird, <laughs> you know, and it's it's a crazy sort of idea that there's all this going on, and it's just a company that is supposed to make money, and you know, it's like. Could you imagine this going on at Google or the company you work for? You know, it's like well, didn't then they find that dude dead in the Google, like in one of the the meeting rooms or something like that? Maybe, yeah. yeah. So I'm I and I don't I haven't thought about this until just now. Do we even know that the the Thandie Newton character that all her stuff is going on at the same time all this other stuff's going on? Like if if they're really invested in these multiple timelines. I wouldn't be surprised if there's, you know, an additional one or two levels to that to where we find out that, you know, this may be all of this may be have happened over the course of 30 years as these time as these things, you know, move forward. Yeah, I think that would be interesting, too. Like they're not all they're not all at the same time. Um, I think the most interesting thing to me as far as like um, is just objective and being in this industry is how is this story what are the the layers to the story and how is it structured and how are they they pushing it back and forth yep to me that's more interesting than and it's exciting i'm more excited to go all the way to the end and then see behind the scenes to see what the hell they did yeah, I'm I'm hooked, man. I'm in on this show. I, I yeah. hope they continue to uh, do it well, and they continue the acting continues to stay, you know, so, such a central part. Uh, special effects and all that stuff is, um, you know, been crazy good. Yeah, well, it should be uh, first season, hundred and twenty million dollars. Yeah. Season opener, twenty million dollars. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah. they got to keep they got to keep those eyeballs, man. Yeah, I, I'm really um, I'm more intrigued by Westworld than I am by Walking Dead right now, because Westworld is a new thing. 
Right. And Walking Dead. You got any more of that new thing? <laughs> yeah, it's like Dave Chappelle is like, hey, you got any more of that Westworld episodes? <laughs> Scratching and itching. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, as far as two two things I want to watch on Sundays, there we go. There you go. So you just got to make it those six miserable long days until Sunday. Yeah, I can just camp out on Reddit and see everybody <laughs> bitching about stuff. I've seen everything on Reddit. I've seen everything. Come on, Sunday. <laughs> so uh, about to wrap it up, you have to be off in the morning, sir. Yep, we're right at an hour. Um, I definitely wanted to talk, talk about those. I mean, those are definitely, I'm right there with you. Yeah. My focus um, I am being forced to do the Baton Death March from Sunday to Sunday to watch these shows. And that's a B-A-T-A-A-N. Yeah. Baton. That's right. Death March. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm in, man. I definitely have – so I'm catching up on – I'm doing some other stuff. I'm catching up on Shameless. Um, I've been listening to a lot of uh, a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of new podcasts out there that are around – that are built on these like uh, police investigations. Season two of Undisclosed is is really fantastic. Um, yeah. There's one called In the Night that's about a, a very famous uh, child abduction case. Um, there's one called The Accused, um, and they're still doing updates on um, Adnan Saeed. So that's been doing eating up a lot of my time. Um, but I've been watching Forensic Files and you know a bunch of stuff like that on uh, on Netflix, like old episodes of that, because I'm fascinated by that stuff. Um, hey, uh, uh, could you do me a favor? Could you make a, like a subcategory of that in the show notes and yep. just drop some links out there? Because uh, I like that kind of stuff too. So yep, I'll I'll drop them on there and load the podcast up. I'm about to cut and paste and put your link up there and. Save this bad boy and load it up and go to San Francisco for five days. All right, man. Have a good trip. And when when are you back? Uh, Monday night late. Okay, cool. So um, so I guess this headset I'm using, good? Much better. Much improved, sir. Okay, cool. So right. I will use this. and uh, So we'll do this hey, Tuesday or Wednesday, somewhere yeah, in there. Have, have a good trip and uh, talk to you next week. Thank you, sir. See you in seven days. All right, man. Later.